You're listening to the Rise and Love podcast, where we believe that you get to have love and success in all areas of your life. Your host, Crystal Iram, will help you understand yourself, your relationships, and what's keeping you from having the love, relationship, and life you really want. Week after week, you'll have your mind blown as you learn from experts and listen in on honest conversations to experience mindset shifts and get practical instruction on how to use your mind to support you in getting everything you desire. We'll get to the heart of the matter when it comes to designing and elevating all aspects of love and life. Here's your host, educator, relationship coach, and lawyer, Crystal Iram. I am absolutely thrilled to be able to finally extend an invitation to you to my brand new program, Man If Fast. I am so excited about this program. Up to this point, this is my absolute favorite creation. This program is a six-week program, and we are going in-depth into a very high-level approach of manifestation. If you have done any of my free series, obviously, if you've been listening to the podcast, you know that I go hard on dating and relationships. Well, this program is taking it to another level. I am so excited that the doors are finally open. This program is absolutely going to blow your mind. This is for the woman who really wants to apply manifestation principles, the energetic principles of manifesting to her love life, to her dating life, and to call in her person. This is unlike anything I've ever created before, and it's the first time that I am offering it, and I am just, I could not be more thrilled This program is a little bit of a hybrid. We are going to have four modules of really, really in-depth, powerful, high-level, deep content. This is unlike anything you've experienced before. This is not content that you will find literally anywhere else. You know, obviously, if you've been listening to the podcast for a while, you have a sense of how I am, of the way that I teach dating and relationships. No one else teaches it the way that I do, but I am bringing this whole other element because we are going so deep into the energetics of manifestation and manifesting the love that you want. This is high-level content that we're going to be digging into, including how to make quantum leaps, how to collapse time, how to eliminate negative thoughts, how to eliminate worry and doubt and anxiety. You know, I touch on this in the podcast. I go into it in some of my other programs, but Manifest is taking it to another level. This is really, really powerful content. So the way that it's set up is that there's going to be four modules of content. So we're going to have two weeks of in-depth high-level content, and then you're going to get a coaching call with me. This is incredible. I mean, this is really amazing. This is a really amazing way to get actual coaching and feedback from me. So we'll have the coaching call, and then we'll have two additional content calls, and then we'll have another coaching call. I mean, this is a lot of contact that you're getting from me at this price point. It is an absolute no-brainer. So there's two levels available. You can you can start at the regular level and then there's also a VIP level. The VIP members are also going to get three one-on-one calls with me. So these is this is for the woman who really wants to dig in deeper, who wants my eyes on her blocks so that we can just really go in there and decimate them so that you can just absolutely call in your person fast. 
I'm so excited about this program. I'm so excited to be able to offer it to you. I'm excited to invite you in. So if you're ready to take this work to the next level, if you are ready to get real massive results, then I invite you to join me for Manifest. I'm going to make sure that the link is available in the show notes, and I will look forward to officially welcoming you to the program. Okay, so today's episode comes from something that I came across in my private Facebook group. The group is called Magnetizing Love. If you're not in the group already, then you're going to want to join it. We have these discussions all the time. It's also where I get a lot of the topics that I use for this podcast. So anyway, I came across this, and I think that this is something that a lot of people deal with, and so I wanted to address it specifically. So what she said was, I get frustrated that the guy won't step up and take charge and make plans. I'm starting to think that it's me being impatient and trying to move things along. So if you have ever felt like, I just wish he would step up. I wish he would take me on dates. I wish he would do something a little bit different, a little bit more than what he's doing, then this episode is for you. So I have a couple of points that I'm going to make for you today. Actually, more than a couple. I have four main points that I'm going to make about this specific topic. So the first thing, you know, what do I always start with? Of course, start with yourself. We only have control over ourselves, the way we act and react in situations. So it's always going to start with you. So the first point I want to make is that, yes, you are probably exhibiting some impatience and I want to make this very clear. I am not saying if someone is being lazy in the way that they're dating you and they're not showing up, then just be patient because eventually he will be. No, 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 no. That is not what I'm saying at all. What I'm saying is that in your overall approach to dating, you want to be patient, meaning that you have a laid back, relaxed attitude in general. And that only is going to come when you have absolute certainty, absolute faith that you are going to get to have the relationship that you want. So let's talk about this impatience a little bit. So there's two main reasons that you may be feeling very impatient as you're dating. So the first one is partially about biology. And the second one is really about anxiety. So why do I say biology? Because as women, biologically, we do have a clock as people like to refer to it, you know, which basically is just saying, yes, find someone, mate, you know, settle down. So that is part of what makes us feel impatient. You know, we're just sort of responding to our own bodies, to our hormones, to what our bodies are telling us. And, you know, the thing that's very tricky about this is that this is still present, even if on a conscious level, That's not what you want. Even if you can consciously say, I do not have any interest in having kids, you will still feel this. Even if you can say, I am not interested in ever getting married, that's not what I want, you will still feel it. So unfortunately, our logical decisions don't necessarily change this. It still can be very present. The second thing is just an anxiety. You know, I think that it stems from this thing that I just mentioned about the biology, but In general, women do have much more anxiety around dating, especially when you put them in comparison to men. Most men have a much more laid back attitude where they sort of feel like when the right person comes along, I will know and she will be it and that will be amazing. And they're not so worried about it. And that doesn't mean that they don't want relationships, that they don't want girlfriends, that they don't want wives. Of course they do. But in general, on average, men are much more relaxed about the fact that they will find someone. So we get to sort of counteract that by being conscious 
about the fact that, yes, you will get to have the relationship that you want. Yes, you are lovable. Yes, you are worthy of love. Just sort of giving yourself those beliefs because that's really where this comes from. It comes from this place of being like, well, I don't know if I'm actually going to get what I want. So if someone comes along, I want to make sure that he's it because I don't know when someone else is going to be here that I could date. You know, and it's this very sort of nervous and anxious and sort of worried, high-strung place. And so when you can get really solid in those beliefs about your own worthiness, your own lovability, that you can have love, that is naturally going to start to dissipate somewhat. If you are someone who is more disposed towards anxiety, then it may not go away 100%. And that's okay. You don't have to be hard on yourself. And I'm certainly not saying you don't get to have love until you have zero anxiety. That's not the case. It's more just that as you're going through the whole process of dating, of meeting people, of starting new relationships, when you can be more laid back, more relaxed about it, more confident that you're going to have things go your way, it's going to shift everything in a really huge way. And that's going to be a much more attractive energy. And it's also a much more, you know, relaxed, pleasant way to approach the whole thing. So here is a question that I like to give people to sort of use as a way of guiding yourself. If you knew, with 100% certainty that you would be in a relationship with your person in six months or less, how would you feel? What would you do? So the reason that I use this question is because for a lot of people, you know, it goes back, it's all connected, right? It's all so, so connected. So if you really believe that you would have your person, then some of the other nonsense that comes up when you're dating It just sort of goes away because you're just like, well, if I knew for sure that I would have my person, then I wouldn't really care. You know, and I like to use this as a guidepost for everything. So if you're stressing about a guy not calling and then you ask yourself, if I knew with 100% certainty that I would be with my person in six months or less, what would I do? Well, I probably wouldn't care that much if this guy called or not because six months from now, I am going to be happily snuggled up with the love of my life. You know, so it's like you can really use that as something to come back to. And this is really powerful because you can use it to obviously sort of calm yourself down um, when you're getting anxious, when you're getting caught in your head. But you can also use this as a part of the manifesting process. You know, when you're manifesting love, when you are trying to magnetize it, call it in, then a big part of it is about becoming an energetic match for it. It's really developing that belief that is so strong, that's so real, that it seems like it's already there for you. So when you're sort of going back to that all the time, every day, whenever you're starting to get worked up or stressed out about something going on with someone else, that's a really good way to, first of all, get out of that place of anxiety and that very contracted energy and into a place where you're a much more powerful creator, where you're able to project out what you want to create into the world and manifest it and bring it in. So it really serves those two purposes, which is awesome. So yeah, it's just a good thing to keep in mind. When you have certainty that you get to have what you want, everything can start to shift. So, you know, everything will start to shift. And the easiest way to start with this is to work on really developing this sense of love within yourself. This is where everything is going to come from. You know, people often are searching for love really intensely because they feel a void within themselves. And they feel that void and it's this desire for love, this desire for connection. And we sometimes think once I find this person, this perfect person, they will fill that void for me. And that's not really how it works. Because if you're feeling a void, then that void will continue to be there even once you've called love in. 
So this is the situation where you meet someone and he seems perfect and you're so excited and you're so in love, but then you find yourself being really suspicious. And what if he goes away? What if he changes his mind? Why didn't he call me back sooner? Was it because he was talking to someone else? Maybe he can't hang out on Tuesday because he's dating another girl. And that is something that'll tear apart a relationship really quickly. And it's like you have to develop this wholeness within you so that someone else can come in and can just enhance your life. If you're looking for someone to fill that void, you'll notice that once you get together with them, the void is still there and you'll do things to sabotage the relationship, to push them away. You'll still feel that void and it'll be confusing because it'll go away at first. So you could date someone for two months, maybe three months, and then you start to feel it coming back and you try to force it out of the other person. You try to get them to show you that they love you. Like, show me that you love me. Love me more. Love me more. Love me more. Because that void is still there and you're looking for them to fill it. But the whole time, it really needed to start with you. So that's your work. It's to start filling that space within yourself, loving yourself, taking care of yourself, showing yourself how much you love yourself. And this isn't something that you have to do perfectly. You don't have to be 100% self-love every single second before you can call in your person. But the more healing you've done in that area, the more that you do love yourself, the better the person that you're going to call in will be for you and the more fulfilled and happy you'll be in the relationship. You know, it's like you got to think about the fact that like if you're a happy person and you're feeling really good and you just kind of like love yourself and you're feeling yourself all the time, how much easier it is to have a relationship that's super happy and feels really good. You know, it's like we like to be around people who are already happy. Like how often are you thinking like, I'm going to call up my one friend who's always in a foul mood because that's what I want to be around. Like, no, you want to call up to people who, you know, take your mood and your good mood and, and make it that much better and like make everything a little bit more fun and more interesting and have something interesting to say. So you want to be that person. Don't be the one where they're like, I can't call her because it's draining because everything is a bummer in her life. And she's just so needy. You know, and this is really what people are getting at when they're talking about someone being needy. We all have needs, right? Everyone has needs. And people who are needy don't fulfill their own needs first. They are always looking outside of themselves to fulfill those needs. And that's what we really mean when we talk about people who are needy. They're looking to you. They're saying, I have this need. You have to take care of it. And you're like, you take care of it. I've got my own needs to take care of. (laughs) So don't be that person. Take care of your own needs. Take care of yourself. Give yourself lots of love. And really shore up that belief that you get to have love. And then that impatience, that sense of impatience will really start to dissipate. Okay, so the second point that I want to make, we're going back to this whole thing about I get frustrated that he won't step up. So that's the first thing is develop that patience, develop that self-love, take care of yourself. But the next point is that, of course, it may be that you're just in a situation where you need to tell him what you want. There is a little bit of a thing where women sometimes feel like, well, I don't want to tell him what I want because that's being needy. Uh, No, it's not. You can absolutely tell someone what you want, what you would like from them, what you'd like them to provide. You can ask for it. That's not important how you do it. But like, of course, convey what is real for you. Convey what you want. Where people get tripped up with this is that you get to communicate what you want, what you desire, what you would like to be provided. 
But then you have to let it go. People make a mistake because they'll say, this is what I want. You must give it to me. And the other person is like, "Mm, maybe. And they're like, you're not giving me what I said I wanted. Why aren't you giving me what I said I wanted? You need to do this. You need to do this for me. And they're like, I don't really think I want to. And it's like, well, you don't have a choice. You're in this relationship with me. So this is what you must do. And they're like, all right, you're being really aggressive about this now. I'm just going to not call for a few days. And then you're like, why aren't you calling me? You have to call me. You have to call me. You have to do this. You have to do what I said. And they're just like, okay, I'm going to go ahead and block your number now because this is getting out of hand. You know, (laughs) it's like, that's kind of what we do. So it's like, you get to ask for what you want. You get to tell someone what you would like, but then you have to accept whatever they then decide. So if you say to someone, I'm really enjoying getting to know you. I love spending time with you. It would be really fun for me if, you know, occasionally you would sort of plan a date for us, plan something really special. And he takes that information and he says, I hear what you're saying. I'm not interested in doing that. Then that's the end of the conversation. People will sometimes try to get the other person to see it their way or to provide this thing that they've said they don't want to provide. And that's not right. That's not right. That's not the way to approach it. You know, it's like the same thing goes for you. If someone says that they want something from you and you don't want to provide it, then that's the end of the conversation. And, you know, I personally, I have a boundary around that. I would not further indulge a conversation with someone who really was trying to get something from me that I did not want to provide. So it's like someone saying, I'm not interested in going on dates. So far, we've just been Netflix and chilling for the last three months. That's all I want to do. Then don't be mad at him. He is allowed to just want that, but you get to decide how you're going to move forward. If that is not what you want, then you get to step away from that situation. You know, to me, it's like if a man really wants to have sex and you do not want to, for him to try to convince you that you should have sex or for him to just keep asking over and over again, or for him to try to, you know, keep pushing it after you've said no, not only does that make you not want to do it even more, but like you'll also likely feel kind of irritated and disrespected even because you said, this is something I'm not interested in and they keep pushing it. But then women do the same thing to men, you know, because they'll say, I want a commitment. He says, I don't want a commitment. And then they keep trying to get it out of him. If someone does not want to provide one of the things that you want, you cannot try to force it out of them. You get to move on and find someone else is interested in the same things that you are interested in. Like, that's it. You know, and it's like when you are communicating what you want and need, there's basically only two reactions he's likely to have. One is that he'll be like, wow, I had no idea you were interested in going on dates. I thought you were enjoying just binge watching 90 Day Fiance. And I was happy to keep doing that. But now that I know, I am happy to take you on dates, to surprise you and to make you feel special. I did not realize that that was something you wanted. I did not know that that made you feel good. I didn't know that you made, made you feel special, but I am so happy to be able to provide that now that I am aware. So that's one response. And I mean, often that's usually what you want, right? You want him to take that information and implement it. The other response is that he'll take the information and he chooses not to implement it. He says, interesting information. I'm not really interested in doing that. And like, that's it. Either way is totally fine. And your job is to be able to be okay with that. So you say what you want, you accept whatever the response is. And 
you know, the thing that's really important when you are in a situation like this is that you then get to decide how you move forward. But the best thing to do is going to be to maintain your standards. What a lot of, and so this is my third point, maintain your standards. What some women will do is they'll say, I really like him. He's not giving me anything that I want, but I really like him. So I'm going to stick it out. And then they check in again six months later. Same. He's not interested in providing what you want. She checks again, checks in again six months after that. It's been a year now. Still no change. She checks in, you know, another six months. It's been 18 months now. Still no change. You know, and it goes on and on and on. And then it's like years can go by like this. And he doesn't understand why you're upset. He's like, I told you after our fourth date that I didn't see this going into a relationship or that I wasn't interested in a relationship. And she's like, yeah, but we spent all this time together and we're so close now. And I thought things would be different. And he's like, I don't see why they would be different. So don't lessen your standard. If you know that what you want is a committed relationship and someone is saying to you, that is not what I am interested in, then that is your clue to leave. And you don't have to be mad about it. It doesn't have to be a big, horrible thing where you're like, oh, you asshole, you're such a jerk, blah, blah, blah. No, he's not. He told you he didn't want the same thing you did. So onward and upward. You know, and it's like, (laughs) I thought of this kind of funny analogy where in relationships, we do this and act like it's not a super bizarre, strange thing to do, but it really is. You know, so it's like (laughs) what I thought of is like, my sister just got married a few months ago. And so I was imagining like, if I had been speaking to my sister and we spoke about what I would wear for her wedding. And so we decide that I'm going to wear a navy gown. This is not what I wore to my sister's wedding. This is just an example. So she says, I want you to wear a navy gown, floor length, but you can pick everything else. I don't really care if it has sequins. I don't care if it has sleeves. I don't care if it has, you know, a slip for the leg, like whatever you want, but navy floor length dress. And I say, okay, great. That sounds really perfect. And really, we're picking the navy because I said it was the color I most like. She's like, all oh, my colors are like blue and purple. So anywhere in that family. I'm like, okay, cool. I'm going to pick navy because that's the color that's the most flattering on me. So cool. I know what I want. I want a navy gown. And I also think, you know, I'm pretty sure that I want sleeves. It's going to be the weddings in January. So I don't want to be cold. So I'm going to look for a navy gown with sleeves. That's what I want. That's my standard. Then I'm out shopping and I see this dress and it is so cute. Oh my gosh, this dress is like the cutest thing I've ever seen. It is pink. It's like pretty short. It's sort of a sundress. It has this very lightweight material, you know, this very cute sort of swishy skirt. And it's just like adorable. So, so precious. And I cannot wait to wear it. And it'll be absolutely perfect for the summer. But I am not just going to wear it for the summer. Like I'm buying it now. So I'm going to wear it to my sister's wedding. And so it's like I had set a standard, right? And now I'm picking something totally different because it's really cute basically. And so then my sister's super chill and she's like, all right, I guess you can wear that if you want. It's not going to go with anything. And that's not at all what we had discussed, but I guess if that's what you want to do, then okay. So this imaginary sister in this scenario is way more chill than I am, way more chill than my actual sister also. Because I would have been like, no, you cannot go from wearing a navy dress to a pink dress, but that's aside the point. So you're allowed to wear the dress. And so then, you know, I go to the wedding 
and it's freezing. It's January in New York, and I'm wearing this little pink summer dress. And I look insane in all of the pictures. Everybody is wearing gowns because it's this black tie wedding. And I'm frolicking around in this silly little pink dress. And I'm miserable and I'm annoyed and I'm really frustrated because this is not at all what I wanted. You know, I chose the other dress in my mind before I saw anything. And I was like, this is what I want. And then I just come across something cute and I totally give up everything I said that I was going for. Now, this is obviously a silly example, but this is sort of what we do. Like we end up in these situations where we feel ridiculous and you're like, why did I choose this? Oh, because he was really cute. So set your standards and then stand by them. You know, and then I think the other thing is that once you decide on your standard, don't pick someone who can't meet them and try to force them into be something else. You know, it's like if I see that I, I I've picked out this pink dress, I absolutely love it. And then I'm like, okay, but my sister says I need to wear a navy gown. So how can I turn this pink little dress into a navy gown? It's not going to happen. Like there's just not a way to do it. Now, if I had a navy full length dress and I said, but I want to add sleeves, that I can do. Or if the dress has sleeves and I say, but I actually want a sleeveless dress, that I can do. If I have a dress that just has, you know, sort of a full skirt and I say that I want to add a slit, like that I can probably do. You can make some smaller changes, but when we try to get something from someone else, a lot of times we're trying to like turn it into a totally different thing and it's just not going to work. It's not going to work. And people can evolve and change and grow, but they're not going to do it from this place of you insisting, this is what you need to do to make me happy. You need to make these changes. No, nobody likes that. And you're not going to end up in the sort of happy relationship that you want if someone is making significant changes to who they are for you rather than for themselves. The other big problem with lowering your standards is that it starts to wear on your self-esteem. So let's say that you're in a really good place. You're feeling positive. You're feeling confident. And you're like, yeah, I am worthy of someone amazing. I'm going to have a great relationship. And then you set your standards from that place and they're they're pretty high. They're not unreasonably high. They're not standards that no one can meet, but they are high. And they're the sort of standards that a man would really have to step up to. And then you meet someone and he's just like, I'm not doing that. And instead of then saying, okay, well, thank you for your feedback. I'm going to keep it moving. You say, well, okay, never mind. I'll lower my standards a little bit. And he's like, oh, okay, cool. And then you know, he's like, well, I was doing a couple of things. I don't even feel like doing those anymore. So I guess this is over. And you're like, no, 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 that's okay. That's fine. Uh, You don't have to do those things either. No problem. And he's like, oh, okay, cool. So basically I can just sit here and do nothing and you'll come over and hook up with me occasionally. That sounds ideal. And you're like, it doesn't sound ideal to me, but I can see how that would be really fun for you. But I guess I'll continue. It doesn't feel good. And it starts to yeah, it starts to wear on our self-esteem where at a certain point, we sort of forget that we had wanted more, that we're worthy of more, that we can have more. And that feels like, yeah, this feels like where I should be. It's much harder to create what you really want from this place when you're not having that same level of faith and certainty in yourself. And that's really, it's all coming back to the same thing. Because if you, first of all, had 
total certainty that you were going to get what you want, you probably wouldn't do that. And also, if you really loved yourself, if you really felt certain that you were lovable and that you were giving yourself love and that you were meeting your own needs, then there wouldn't be this desire to sort of reach for someone who wasn't reaching back towards you, essentially. So the fourth and final point that I want to make is really directly related to the last thing, which is that you get to be someone who inspires someone to step up. If you are a person who has really high standards, who is so utterly confident in herself, who is so filled with self-love, that is the sort of woman that men are just naturally going to want to step up for. He is going to look at you and feel like she is offering something a little bit different. She really knows who she is and she's not putting up with any of my shit. So I'm not going to give it to her because I want her to stick around. You know, and that's really all it is. It's coming from this place where you know who you are, you know your worth, you know your worthiness, you know your own lovability, that you don't need him to show you. You know that. And he's able to see that because you know it. He's like, wow, she really values herself a lot. That's pretty cool and pretty rare. So I'm going to make sure that I am someone who, you know, is worthy of her. You know, when I was dating... It was really interesting because when I got to that point, I noticed that everyone that I was going out with, they started shifting. They shifted because I shifted. And so it was like every single guy I went out with was crazy about me and was doing so much to try to impress me and wanted to be there for me and wanted to really get to know me and was very attuned to what I wanted and to what I needed. You know, and they really wanted to make an effort to, you know, quote unquote, make me happy. And I say quote unquote, because obviously you're responsible for your own happiness. No one else can really make you happy. But men who really care for someone, they're going to do whatever they can to make that woman happy. So it's like, if you are not in a place where this is you, if you know that you are lowering your standards, where you're not holding yourself to a high standard, where you're not feeling good about yourself, when you're trying to force someone to change, when you're settling It doesn't mean that just because that's where you are right now, that that's where you have to stay. This can change on a dime. When you can make that decision, it can change at any moment. And so don't allow this to be something where you're like, well, that's not me. So I guess I'm just doomed. Like, no, not at all. You get to decide to do something different and you can experience something different really quickly. It can actually sort of amaze you how quickly things can shift once you make the decision and you sort of do these things that I've outlined. So that is all that I have for you today. I really hope that it was very helpful for you and I cannot wait to speak to you again soon. I am so grateful for all of my listeners. I love creating this content. I love this podcast. And there's nothing I want more than for more women to have happy, healthy, loving relationships with the man of their dreams. Now, I have a small favor to ask. If you have been listening and enjoying the podcast, please leave me a rating and review on iTunes. It helps so much. It is the only way that we are going to get this content into the hands and ears of the women that really want it and need it. So if you have been listening for a while and you're absolutely loving the podcast, leave us a rating and review. It means absolutely everything to us. Thanks so much and thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. Check out the show notes and be sure to tune in next time to the Rise and Love podcast.